Welcome to Her Enterprise with me, Melissa. Hey, and me, Kelly. And it's me, Nicole. Join this group of entrepreneurial women building community and masterminding through our problems. So we can all lean into your values, cut what doesn't serve you, and grow in abundance. Let's get to it, changemakers. Hi, and welcome. Today on the Her Enterprise podcast, we're going to be discussing childcare and how we manage it during normal life and during emergencies. Thanks for tuning in. You can start. Great. Um, so I had a bunch of evolutions as a mom since I was a one parent mom for a long time. Um, for six years, I just had one child. So I, um, we don't live close to family anymore, but when my first was born, we did live close to family and I was getting my master's degree in education. So I actually had a part-time nanny and I had my mother-in-law help a lot. I used to joke that she and my husband should have gotten my master's degree because they took the baby so much. Um, I was full-time teaching and then I went to classes till 9 PM at night, every night. And then the weekends was my only time off where I wrote papers. So the TV also managed my baby a little bit, which I wouldn't recommend, but I got through the 18 month program. So that was some, that was like the first kind of story of me trying to do more, trying to work and go to school. And I pulled in my mother-in-law and I had a very low cost. um, I call her a nanny. She was really like a babysitter, but she really helped um, for just those couple hours from the school day ended, his daycare ended to when I got home at nine o'clock at night. Because my husband did events, and he also worked weekends and evenings. So, so you did daycare and then after school care with like mom and nanny. Yes, because I because I was gone from six thirty a.m. I taught high school, so I would leave the house at six fifteen, and I got home at nine thirty or ten from the evening classes. So that was that was my that was my life for like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always had really flexible schedules and have kind of been intentional about that. So, um, my husband's always had like a nine to five W2 job. And then I, I've always, I've always been an entrepreneur. So I've always been working with that. Um, and then, so he would work from home a couple days a week and then I would um and then I would like go in and then we would just kind of alternate what days somebody was home so it was almost like sometimes it was like we both worked part-time or we were both in the office different times but then we also have like some friends who they they'll go into the office four days a week and then one of them will be home one day a week and then they alternate that to kind of just reduce costs. I think one thing that was really hard was as I was like building my business is he would do nine to five and I'd be with the kids and then at night I would do my work. I'd go see clients or I'd go see whatever and then we just never saw each other. We never had any family family time. So then once I was able to like afford like more help or divvying up that, then that was a huge, 
huge help. Thanks, Kelly. How about you, Melissa? Um, I have a very similar story to yours, Nicole. I was, when I had my son, I was still in college. So what ended up happening for, for us was, I think what happens with most families, which is someone needs to kind of take a back seat. But in this instant, it happened that um, his dad, you know, he's, he still wasn't sure where he wanted to go with things. And so he kind of stepped back um, from his studies so that I could keep going to school and I could keep going to work while I was in college getting my degree. So that was kind of our first, um, obviously my first child, but then it was also my first kind of taste of like having to manage, you know, childcare with other expectations and other um, responsibilities. And I would also just kind of take my kid everywhere. So even though I was in college, like he wouldn't go with me to classes, but any extracurricular activities that I wanted to be a part of, because I didn't want to drop that off, you know, I didn't want to just stop doing everything because I had a kid. I actually would just take him with me to all these club meetings and things like that. So the way I managed was just kind of, you know, incorporating him into all the fun things that I wanted to be a part of. He would have to come and uh, be in all those activities with me. My mother-in-law had like a really great setup. Um, so she was a single mom and she was a transcriptionist and she figured out, she negotiated doing it at home, but then she'd have to go in to the office and doing that. And she was just like so good. She negotiated a dollar an hour raise. Like there were all these other things that she was really killing it. And then she, um, she would go into the office and she'd bring her kids and they would just sit in the, it was a doctor's office and they would sit in like an off site meeting room or off off you know like off to the side meeting room and then draw and apparently they would all be amazed because Dylan would just sit there and draw for hours they were like he drew for four hours and how did you get all this work done but there is I'll still have that where if I just have one client and it's just like an hour consult I'll like bring our oldest and then have them just sit in the side and do some activities while I meet with a, our client. And usually it's like an understanding or repeat <laughs> clients that I don't, that wouldn't mind if I needed to be pulled out. And I wonder if that's like a benefit too of this like sudden merge, merging of like home life and work life that everybody's kind of forced to understand like family is your life. And how does that blend that's a great a great kind of lead into I think something that's really relevant right now I mean hopefully when this episode's released things are better but right now it's July and we're in COVID and we're having to manage all these new kind of expectations and for us um so the question I, I would ask you know you ladies is like how has your childcare situation changed since COVID? And for for me, just I was able to kind of go home, even though I technically am employed, I've been I haven't had to go into work. And so I was able to kind of manage taking care of the kids and making sure they were doing their homework. 
Um, but we live in a really small apartment right now. We live, I believe, in like 850 square feet. And when my husband had to work from home at the beginning of all this, we essentially had to like rearrange our apartment so that he would have somewhere to work. But I think this situation has really, you know, it kind of leaves you with like one option, which is like you have to be at home. But I feel like right now a lot of people have had to be creative with like their childcare. How about you, ladies? I was even going to piggyback off what Kelly said about just being, I started, I left the classroom last year. And so I started doing more Skype tutoring and um, some of my best clients, like my daughter might come in and they just know, hey, my daughter might come in and ask. (laughs) Sorry, guys. When they come in and you have a client that you've had for a long time, they're much more understanding um, about it. And um, I also, I know with COVID, some people can't have a babysitter, but I feel like if you know a family and you know that they're quarantining too, we had sort of like a mother's helper, 14 year old that was going to come over and help um, and choose a lot cheaper, like $11 an hour versus $20 an hour for a regular babysitter. And that's been really helpful. Like if I know I have a meeting or to record something, or I have a client that I have never met with before, then I might call her to come over for a couple hours and it's really helpful. Yeah, so since COVID, like within our family unit, we've had to be intentional about communicating (laughs) and like, and communicating like who's on when, and then, um, and kind of trying to divvy up time that people were at things. And then we've slowly phased with the openings. um, So when Grandma Carol could start taking care of the kids so we don't have much family but she's like been a key resource and she has always done like a date night with the kids and so there's like a standing day that they all get to see grandma carol so now like with the new baby the older kids will go see her and on like tuesdays and fridays and it's like all week they talk about Tuesdays and Fridays and that's like our magical time where we feel (laughs) as a grown-ups that we can get kids taken care of um and then um in general our three-year-old has a food allergy pretty it's and it's pretty severe so there's like a lot of hesitation of like well do we put them in a daycare do we put them in a setting where we don't know how they'll manage things so and with like having the three little ones right next to each other and an older one it just kind of seemed cheaper overall to have a part-time sitter come in the house and then we're like come in and fold the laundry because I hate folding laundry and <laughs> like do little things that to help us like maintain the household function a little bit better and being able to do that like part-time is good so we brought her back like once a week um, at this point, but she's graduating and we have to find someone else. <laughs> and so that's kind of our like big, I'm like trying not to panic. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I totally, I totally get having those standing dates are so helpful. We used to have somebody, we moved to Texas, but in Maryland, we had someone who graduated from graduate school when she moved and she was a special ed teacher. So she was amazing with my kids. Um, I did also want to piggyback off something you said about um, 
Dylan's mom, how she asked to work from home. I feel like now is a great time to leverage that. My husband also changed his marketing job to work from home once we had two young babies together. And it was more expensive to pay for both of them to go to daycare than to just have somebody work from home. Or I also went part-time. And I feel like now is the time to ask, hey, I think I can do most of this work from home. Or can I, could do, can I work from home three days? Um, we can get on Zoom. We can get on Skype. We can leverage technology to show... Um, that we're doing the work, but if we don't have schools opening in the fall, and I, I don't think they will um, in a lot of places, then now's the time to ask those questions. Hey, I've given a lot of value and I know I can do a lot of this from home. How can we make this work? Because I have little kids. And I feel like that's like kind of the elephant in the room that a lot of businesses aren't talking about the fact that parents are, just, are those of us with parents are getting hit really hard with the COVID crisis because we have kids to manage and we still have to make income for our families. And it's hard. So true right now. And it made me think of two things. How does how you handle childcare change during an emergency? And for me, after like the whole college thing and everything, my mother actually became like my primary childcare helper. But the arrangement was like, you know, I was she was like a live in. And so we were able to like provide her a home and food and everything else. And and so that was kind of like our creative solution was since she wasn't working, kind of bring her in. And I know that that's something that a lot of people are doing now is kind of having those multi-generational households. But this crisis kind of made me think of something else that I had to go through, which was um, my brother passed away. And during this emergency, so usually my kids have always been taken care of by family because I just haven't really ever jumped that hurdle to hire other people to have them watch my children. But during this like family emergency, when my brother passed away, what, what happened was he was actually like lost for a long time, like almost a whole month. And so my mom wasn't available anymore and my dad wasn't available and no family was available. And I was in this situation where I was supporting my son and I was supporting my mom. And so I felt like, you know, I have to go to work. Like I'm completely emotionally a wreck right now, but I need to go to work. And so what do I do? And in in this emergency, I just kind of had to let go of like, oh, well, I don't know if these people are going to feed my kid candy all day or I don't know. You know, it was literally a comparison of like life and death versus preferences. And in this situation, I had to make do and let go. And what ended up happening was we were able to rely on a family that we knew, who who we knew really well. The parents were the parents of one of my brother's best friends. But it was it was such an unusual situation because normally I would never have done anything like that. But because we were in this position, I had to find somewhere for my kid to be taken care of so that I could go to work. And even his dad, because his dad is also in the picture and everything, like he had to go to work too. So we just kind of had to make it work. And I feel like right now we might be in that position where we have to say, you know, what are we willing to shift so that we can make it through this hard time? And it doesn't have to be permanent. And you still have conversations. You know, when I found out something happened that maybe I wasn't a big fan of, I would talk to them and say, oh, I'd really like it if you didn't do that again, because whatever. Um, But it was just a situation where, you know, I had to be really flexible and really 
rely on kind of a bigger support system than than what I was used to. I um I'm sorry to hear about your brother and my sister died like two years ago like really suddenly and we're far so that is like a it's a tangible grief (laughs) and I remember childcare being like the one way people could have like helped us the most because it was like how do we manage grief because we're like entirely exhausted and um and like trying to work with kids and like explain things that are happening with them and all of that and then friends that had said let us know how we can help you and we would say please watch our kids and it like that wasn't a resource because at the time everybody else was going through their own separate crisis and um yeah I've mostly had experience with being on call and having other friends that were used to being on call for like labor and delivery and different things like that and always having someone on call in the background or having families that we would just trade like other moms. So if there's like another mom that the kids play with, we'd be like, could you watch them for half a day and then I'll trade like the cranial sacral. So there's a few moms I'll trade. I'll be like, here, we'll trade goods and services because they would rather have that than money. (laughs) And so, um, but I still am a big believer in if you can offer another mom money or something like that to like throw out, throw that out as a resource too. But yeah, definitely in those pinches, like it's hard to even think creatively. So I was even saying like, we would have a list of people um that I would have when I was thinking clearly so then when I wasn't thinking clearly I could like always jump back to that I was like oh yeah there's this person I totally forgot and they said how can I help but yeah that was like a huge thing in like this like traumatic grief that like was really for us it was really sudden um but like and then like the processing of it later like having someone that would watch our kids was like the biggest way that someone could tangibly help us because we were like, you would love and care for our kids in a way that I don't have ability to right now. I I can't believe we've all, I didn't lose a sibling. I lost my brother-in-law who lived with us um, when my son was younger in 2017. And none of our family could help because like you said, we were all grieving for Danny, and I'm sorry for both of you because it's awful. Um, but I will say that that one babysitter, the one that was in grad school for special ed, we had all of our family come from Puerto Rico and stay in our little house. Like eight people stayed with us because it was the last minute. We got all these tickets. And some of the nights we would just stay up late playing music and talking. And she would come over and her parents lived across the street. And I remember one night she took all three of my children across the street to her parents' house and put them to bed for us. And we stayed up all night talking about Danny. And it was like the most beautiful thing. And we really, really needed it. And if I was worried about my kids going to bed on time, I, I, I couldn't have experienced that celebration of his life. So I really think it's super important that you guys are bringing this up. It's, it's sometimes the hardest things like coronavirus like grief makes you figure out how can I do this differently? And it also has people show up for you in ways that you never would expect. I didn't ask her to bring my kids to her parents' house. She just did it. 
So it's, um, I think that, 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 that part is really wonderful when, when parents can come together and, and, and friends and family can come together and kind of rally around parents um, who are grieving, anyone who's grieving for that matter. Yeah, I think that all the stories highlight like how important it is to build that community because, and, and sometimes you don't even know that you're building that community or you don't realize it till you're in that moment of need. It was a surprise. And like you said, Nicole, it wasn't planned, but they did it because they supported you and you, and you trusted them to do that. You trusted them to let them do that. So a lighter note and maybe something silly. And this kind of goes back into the building community and the whole, like they would prefer the trade than the money is when I lived close to my sister, I live in Michigan now, but I used to live in California where I did have kind of family around. I used to just tell my sister, like, just give me coupons, like give me coupons <laughs> that are for childcare. Like, it's so silly. It's so funny, but I think it's like the most amazing birthday, anniversary, Christmas present, like any holiday, any celebration you want to just, can you please just give me some coupons? And she would, she would make like this little page sheet and one, one every month. And it was like, I'll take your kids for three hours. And wow. usually it was something fun. And not to say that she didn't help out any other time, but those were promised date, you know, promised dates and times, kind of like how you all mentioned having that standing date. Um, it was a promised time that, okay, well, whether it's my husband and I need to go on a date or we need to do something like we have this coupon and we can be like, okay, you know, a couple days in advance. Hey, can you take care of um, our kids and take them on this coupon date that you gave us? So I think that is an amazing resource. And to me, that's a way of be having creative childcare. And I feel like maybe it's a little bit cultural, kind of like how you said, um, Nicole, that, you know, you had a bunch of family come and stay with you and be in this small space. Like, that's totally normal for me, too. Like, I'm Latina, too. And I've had family come visit. And we've had six extra people come and stay with us. And when we were young, we used to go and, like, sleep on my grandmother's floor. <laughs> and just so it was just, like, very, very normal in our, I feel like, our culture and our community to, like, be like, hey, family, we need your support right now. And so, and, and then people just kind of appear. So. I like that. I like the coupon. Um, yes, if you want to give gifts to mothers and parents, always give gifts like that. My, um, my sister bought us tickets to a concert. And she also said, you have to come to Jersey for the concert and leave the kids with me and go to the concert. And she bought us a hotel room that night, too. It was like the best present ever. So yeah, my sister has come through like that before too. Um, and she has a crazy job. So she, you know, you have to give her a lot of warning, but it was one of my favorite presents I ever received. I feel like too, um, we didn't have a traditional wedding, but if you know how people sign up for wedding registry gifts, I'm like, can we just have like a babysitter tree that you sign up for, for like five years from now? <laughs> like, please sign up That's to help so with great. <laughs> That's so great. Um, I will say too, when you are thinking about like childcare options, sometimes it's about doing like the really hard stuff, but for a really limited time. I also had like a similar situation like you, Kelly, where when our childcare situation changed because my mother um, 
like that just changed and then it had to be my husband and I trying to figure out how we're going to take care of kids. I 100% recommend building kind of like that backup list of babysitters, like you said, Kelly, because we didn't have that. We were just so reliant on like family ties that when we didn't have that anymore, we had to like juggle things. But what we ended up doing was that we ended up switching shifts. So at this moment, like my, my husband was working full time and I was working full time, but I was able to like kind of go into my company and say, um, so like my childcare situations changed and thankfully I got the response of like, please don't tell me you're quitting. Well, that's up to you. <laughs> like, well, we're, yeah, I can't, you know, I really don't know how else to manage this. And I asked to be switched to night shift. And so I was switched to night shift. And what, what ended up happening was my husband moved his, his work schedule up an hour so that he could get off at three. And then I would drive essentially to his work with the kids, meet him, we'd switch off cars, and then I'd go into work, and then I'd be home at like one in the morning. And so during this, it was about nine months, it was supposed to be a year. But during these nine months, I barely saw my husband, you know, during Monday through, through Monday through Friday, I barely saw him. And so we really like, like the weekends were super important for us. But during this time, we also went to like the beach every weekend during the summer. So like we really found ways to connect during the time we could. But that was a really hard time. Like it was very difficult to, you know, take care of the kids, essentially be a solo parent all morning, take them to school, wake up early and after getting to bed super late and do those things and then switch off the kids. And then my husband had to be a solo parent, had to do the dinner, had to do the schoolwork and then um, wake up early and go to work. And it was a really challenging time, but because I knew it was temporary, I was like, I don't need to do it forever, but it's really going to help us kind of get to that spot of like being financially secure enough so that I can stop working for a little bit while we figure out this childcare situation. But before I just stop, before I just become a stay at home mom, Like, we really need this financial blanket, and so we're going to do this hard thing for a limited time. And I think, and I think, like, a lot of people maybe don't know that that's an option. They don't, they don't, they think, like, oh, I work during the nine to five. That's the only time I can work. But, you know, you do have the option, or maybe you have the option. You should explore if you have the option to maybe switch to a different shift so that, you know, if you really can't do childcare, if you really can't afford, that stuff because there's finances with everything too is you know can we just juggle it for a little bit for a limited time and it's going to be rough but it definitely helped us put us in a position where then we didn't have to worry about childcare anymore for a bit so yeah i definitely agree that if you can be flexible it'll leverage you can leverage flexibility the most that you can get the most kickback from that one quick note on the list, I would just throw out on Facebook every now and then I would just say like, hey, guys, I'm updating my sitter list. Who wants to be on my sitter list? And then it wouldn't be like a, then I could kind of filter who was a pro, <laughs> like who would be a good fit for our family or not. And um, for that need, but it was like a really great thing to like kind of bring up people that I didn't think of. And did we 
Did we, I don't know if we brought this up, but one big thing too about figuring out daycare part-time and all that stuff is to run the numbers. I ran the numbers and took a $20,000 pay cut from my teaching job, but ended up making $5,000 more than I would have if I paid for daycare for two of them to be at daycare from, you know, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. I would get off work by 1.30 and I still had to do a lot of grading and stuff at home, but then I could be with the kids. So sometimes just like working the numbers really helps. Um, and if you have the flexibility to go part-time, like I taught four classes instead of five. So I feel like that, um, just sitting down with your budget and saying, you know, what can I afford to lose? How much is this really going to cost me if I go part-time? Um, you really have to play with all that stuff. And I want to hear Kelly's story more about the renting out of the basement. Did you talk about that? Because I haven't. Good... I hear okay. it. Yeah. So my, um, we had a really great setup where we had one friend who was a great fit for our family and we just bought a house and we had an extra room in the basement and we had set it up where if she paid rent, um, we were like, here's our rent for the room without any help. But if you want to help with childcare and help straighten up the house a little bit, um, and you could like set clear perimeters around that, like this many hours and this, like, this is like what, the cleaning would be, then it would be a reduced rent rate. So basically she paid us to live in our house and um, watch our son at the time and then help clean up the house a little bit. And it was like the best ever because even there were these little times where if he was napping and she happened to be home, I could just run to the store and grab something, which was like a dream. And my uncle later was like, you know, usually people pay other people to do that. Right. And I was like, I had like no idea that this was basically an au pair that was paying me to live in my house. Like, and we had to be like really specific about the type of person and who it was. But if we could find like the right person to do it again, like she was in college or just out of college and it was the best setup. So I think there's so many creative ways to do childcare that you can always find, like if you're willing to be creative and look for a way to make something work, you can find cost effective ways like pretty easily. I agree. And we also rented our basement out um, just to make some money for the mortgage. So my husband could quit one of his work from home jobs. And then he stayed home with the children for one whole year before I made the leap to take a mini retirement, which we can talk about in another episode, I'm sure. But um, there's a lot of flexibility, like you said, Kelly. Um, when you look at your house, look at ways you can make that extra income to either pay for the childcare or get it so a parent can be home more. Um, knock your mortgage payment down, whatever we have to do, we'll do it. And um, again, we have so many ideas. I haven't talked about a lot of them, but if anybody's interested, you want to go to our her-enterprise.com website, you can pick up that free PDF with all the ideas we talked about here, plus more, um, because we're working women and we're moms, all three of us. And so we've had to manage that. And we have lots of ideas on how to think about it and how to make it work so you can still make your money and still be with your kids. Wow, that was so much fun. Thank you, Kelly and Nicole, for sharing your experiences with managing childcare. And I can't wait for our next episode. You just listened to episode 002 of Her Enterprise 
where we spoke about childcare and managing it during regular life and stressful situations like emergencies. On her enterprise, you'll hear topic discussions, interviews, and even mastermind sessions where we deep dive into sticking points in our business. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode where we will be interviewing one of the ladies. The ladies from Her Enterprise are a woman's collective of knowledge, inspiration, and connection. We are change makers. This is a podcast for the whole person. It is for you and your business. Let's grow, let's flourish, let's rise with her enterprise. Are you ready to be a change maker? Hit subscribe.